we're in a series called Connect, and the whole idea of these next couple of weeks was, is based on the big idea that the more that a believer connects to Jesus Christ on a daily basis, the more powerful that believer will live, and the more fruit that that believer will bear. You guys know that Jesus desires for you to connect with him on a daily basis. How amazing is that we serve a God who loves us, who saves us from our sins, but then doesn't just leave us on our own, but desires for us to be in a relationship with Him, to know Him daily, to connect to Him on a daily basis. The more a believer connects with Christ on a daily basis, the more powerful that believer will live and the bigger impact you will have on those around you. Here's the problem, though. We constantly are disconnected from Christ. Not disconnected in the sense that we lose our salvation. We have a sincere promise in Scripture that once Jesus has you in His hands, nothing can put you out of the Father's hands. Amen? That's not disconnected as far as losing our salvation, but us choosing deliberately not to stay connected to Christ. The problem is that we are disconnected from Him. We lose our source of power. We lose our source of life, our purpose. And we eventually start to feel um, what some people describe as a little dry. Uh, where, where we feel like, man, I, you don't have that passion. You don't have that, that driving force. Maybe you feel like you don't have a, a purpose. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you feel weak. Maybe you're even frustrated. Do you know that we can be saved from our sins? We can be saved from hell, but still live on this earth as an ineffective believer in Jesus Christ. Not fulfilling our mission, not fulfilling our purpose. Jesus has a lot to say about this. We're going to start our sermon series connected right at the power source himself, Jesus Christ. Um, and before we do that, let's pray. Can you tell me a little fired up this morning? Let's pray. I'm really excited because I'll tell you why. Um, this is something that I've been trying to practice these past several weeks, several months, several years. And I know that this has the potential to change your walk with Christ as it has changed mine. And I'm so excited. So let's pray and dig in. Heavenly Father, God, we know that you're here. We're so excited to how you're moving in and through our lives, in and through this church, in and through this community, and the churches around us, God. Um, Lord, I pray though right now that you would specifically speak to us, God, that we would hear you loud and clear. God, if there's something in our life that's causing us to be disconnected from you, stopping us from daily spending time with you, God, I pray that you would reveal those things to us, and that by the end of the service, God, that we would have the courage to make a stand and take action to be connected to you, Father. Spirit, move as you can only move. Draw as you can only draw. Use me as your microphone. It's your son's name. We pray these things. Amen. John chapter 15, verse 1. You're going to find your way at John chapter 15, verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the pew. You can have that as a gift from us. John chapter 15, verse 1. I hope you all are ready this morning. I don't know if you all are ready this morning. Come on, John chapter 15, verse 1. We're going to read through verse 11. John chapter 15, verse 1 says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. 
Verse 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that who will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. That you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Amen? Amen. That's Jesus speaking. I have loved you. Jesus says, abide in my love. If you, keep, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abided in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that you may have joy, and that joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus says, I am the true vine. What is the vine? The vine is the entire power source of the plant. Everything that um, it nourishes and empowers and grows a plant has to come through the vine. So Jesus is saying, I am the true vine, meaning I am the true source of life. I am the true source of purpose. I am the true source of energy, of nourishment, of sustainability. I am the true vine. That is who Jesus Christ is. And I don't know about you, but I can tell you story after story of how that has played true in my life. How Jesus has been my true source of everything. He says, I am the true vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what we sang about this morning. He is the true vine. And not only that, but God the Father. Robert knows God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God the Father, Jesus says, is the vine dresser. Now, I'm not a farmer. I'm, I, you can also see our flower garden. I'm not even, I'm not even good at that, okay? Uh, but Jesus gives us a good agriculture um, um, uh, lesson here. That the Father is the vine dresser, meaning if you want something to grow, what do you have to do to it? You got to prune that thing. If you don't prune it, what's going to happen when it grows? grows wild, and at some point it goes to the point where it can only grow so much more, and then it begins to kind of die on its own because you know and pruned it. So God being the vine dresser, the husbandman, he comes in and he begins to mold and shape and cut out and prune things in our lives so that we can produce good fruit. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Jesus, the true vine, he's the one um, enables us to bear the good fruit. How do we bear good fruit? First thing is, we are the branches. Say branches. Amen. Branches are solely, their whole purpose is just to be connected to the vine and bear fruit. But apart from being connected to the vine, branch can't do anything. Can't do anything. So it's being connected to the vine is what causes us to produce good fruit. But know this, okay, this is a sermon for another time, but just know this, I, can't, I cannot read the scripture without letting you know something. Can I let you know something? A little side note, a little side note. Some of you might be in a season of pruning where God's molding and shaping, taking things out of your life. Don't worry, don't be afraid, don't be mad at God. He's just trying to prune you back so that you can grow. Amen. Those are the good seasons. Those don't feel good. Right? In the middle of those seasons, sometimes they don't feel good, 
but it's for your own good. I, I saw a quote this week on Facebook. Someone, one of y'all posted it. I don't know who posted it. <laughs> but someone posted, uh, "Give your life to Christ because He knows what to do with it more than you do. <laughs> he knows better. He knows what to do with it, right?" God molds, shapes, and prunes. Jesus is the true vine. God is the vine dresser. We are the branches. Our job is to just be connected to Christ and bear good fruit, to receive life, to receive nourishment, to receive all the source of nutrients that we need daily to live in this crazy world and this crazy life. And because of that, what we receive from Jesus, we bear good fruit. This is the model that Christ has given us. That he is the source of life. It's the formula for producing good fruit. You connect to Christ. He molds and shapes you. He gives you your daily nourishment, the things that we need daily. And then we produce. But know this. I, I don't know about you. How many of you get hangry if you don't eat after a little while? Anyone knows what hangry is? You get hungry and angry because you haven't ate something? Don't be lying. Raise your hand. You get hangry, raise your hand. All right, put your hands down. Uh, man, if your wife gets hangry, raise your hand. I just want to see if I'm the only one. Okay, I'm not the only one, right? If you don't eat and you're lacking your daily nourishment, your water, your food, the things that you need to be um, living in life, then what happens is you become very weak. Are y'all with me? So Jesus' model is he's the true vine, the source of life and power and purpose and nourishment. If you don't connect to him, you're going to starve. You're going to grow weak. You will not grow stronger. You will not fulfill the purpose that God has created for. Y'all with me? This is good stuff. Jesus said, the formula is this, abide in me. Translate it, remain in me. Our sermon series connects, connect to me. But the problem is we're disconnected from Christ. We're disconnected from Christ, and when we are, we lose our source of life, we lose our source of power, our purpose, and eventually we begin to dry out. Look at verse 6 with me. Verse 6 says this, If anyone does not abide in me, remain in me, connect to me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Once again, this, a lot of people will try to use this as you can lose your salvation. The only way that you can't be saved by your sins is if you never repent from them and never surrender to Jesus Christ. But here's the deal. Matthew Henry said this. I love this quote. He says, there are many who will pass as branches in Christ, but never bear fruit. Only being tied to Christ by a thread of an outward profession. Though they seem to be branches, they will soon be seen as the dead Driving. Right. So in other words, you don't lose your salvation. But if your heart was never truly believing that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, that he is the one true son of God who never sinned, who died on the cross for us, who, who was buried and rose again three days later, and you never fully gave your life to that God, that Jesus Christ, then you never had salvation to begin with. Just saying I believe in Christ is different than fully surrendering to him. Are y'all with me this morning? And there's a difference between remaining and abiding and connecting to Christ and a difference between saying, I believe in Jesus. You can ask anyone, even the demons believe Jesus is real, and what do they do? They shudder at his name. There's a difference between saying that you're a branch 
and being connected to the true vine. And here's what I know about you. Some of you in here, man, you are on fire for the Lord, and it's hyping me up. I haven't had a Red Bull in like three days because of just y'all's energy, right? I don't even need it because I see men like John Cribs who's on fire for the Lord right now, and it gets me hyped up. I hear Ross in here, man. Y'all don't know my friend Ross. You didn't get to know him. Just being around men and women who are on fire for the Lord, it, and it's, man, I'm getting excited. Right, and that's just the passion and the purpose and the source of life that's coming from Jesus Christ and men and women connecting to them. And here's what I know. I know that you guys want to live a life that's full of joy. I know that about you. I know that you want to live a happy life. Even in the midst of hard times, you want to be joyous in the Lord. I know you want to live out the reason God created you uh, and the purpose that he has for your life. But that's only going to happen. You're only going to have true joy. When you live connected to Christ and living according to the way he created you to live. Outside of that, you will never have joy. Outside of that, you will never fulfill your purpose. Y'all with me this morning? What I know about you is that you want to live as God created you to live. Guys, we were created to be connected to Christ, to bear good fruit, to produce, to do a good work. Why is that our purpose? Why is that why we were created? Look at verse 9 with me. John 15, verse 9, Jesus says this. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments. And abide in his love. Verse 11. This is our purpose right here. Look at verse 11. These things I've spoken to you that, you. that that my joy may be in you. That your joy may be full. Guys listen. We were created to do a good work. Yeah. Verse 17 says. These things I've commanded you so that you will love one another. We were created to do a good work. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. 9, 10, all says this, that we are saved by the sweet, amazing grace of Jesus Christ. That is not our works that brings us salvation. We can never be good enough. We can never be perfect enough. We can never serve enough. We can never give enough. We can never attend church enough. We can never say anything enough that makes us worthy of salvation. You guys understand that? I mean, it's depravity. We are dead in our sins. We're not dying in our sins. We are right now dead in our sins in need of a new life. And the only way to have new life is by the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're not saved by our works. But I want you to see, keep your finger on John 15. Y'all turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I don't, I don't want to just say it. I want you to believe me. I want you to hear and see it for yourself because this will change your life right here in Scripture. Ephesians chapter 2. Y'all know it, but I just want you to see it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And here's here's your purpose and why you're created. Y'all ready? Say you're ready. Ready. Verse 10. For we are His workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Our whole entire purpose is to be connected to Christ through a relationship with Him. And then in turn, because of the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that we receive from Jesus, 
We then turn and we work and we strive and we serve and we love and we give and we forgive as Christ has forgiven us and given to us so that not it points to us, but so that we point to a good creator. So that others will see that God is good. This is our purpose, to be connected to Jesus Christ, who's our power, who's our life, who's our sustainer, our savior, our grace, our mercy, our forgiveness of our sins, our sacrifice for our sins, to be connected to Jesus. And then through him, we produce good fruit so that others can see who we're connected to. Y'all with me? So the question is, what are good fruits? We know um, in the Bible there's spiritual fruits, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's a whole other sermon to break those down. Uh, I'm too excited to, to really do that one for you right now. we got some other things to do. Uh, but to go spend time in Galatians chapter 5 and look at the fruits of the Spirit. But here I'm going to make it country boy short. Can I give it to you country boy short? Um, when I lived in Texas, this ghetto California kid met some old country boys, one name. Uh, his name was Ronnie King, and, and I asked him one time, Ronnie King, what do you think it means to bear fruit as a Christian? And he goes, well, son, I'm not a farmer. <laughs> this guy's awesome, like super country, all right? So, well, son, I'm not a farmer. Uh, I, I work on an oil rig, but I'm assuming when you go to an apple tree, you're, you're looking for apples, right? And I was like, well, yeah. He goes, well, Donnie, if, if, if you're, you're claiming to be a Christian, someone should look at you and see Christ, am I right? <laughs> you're right. So, country boy, simple. Bearing fruit as a Christian means there's things in your life that are evident and growing and making progress towards looking more and more like the one that you're connected to. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. All right? So bearing fruit means that we're looking like Christ, that we're reflecting Jesus. Your speech, your actions, the way that you give at church, the way that you forgive others, your attitude even towards life. I heard somebody in here, I don't know who it was, right? Even your attitude, all bearing fruit, showing that you have been saved by the one true God, Jesus Christ. Bearing fruit. And here's where it's easiest to do that. You guys want to know when it's easiest to do that? The way, like, the time you're the most passionate is right when you got saved. How many of you remember when you got saved? Raise your hand. Some of you, that was a couple of uh, weeks ago, some of you, that was longer than I've been alive. You know, you're real, you know, <laughs> the cars weren't even invented yet, right? Some of y'all, right? I'm just kidding. I love y'all, right? But do you remember when you first accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, how passionate you were? I mean, be, why? Because you were, you met the source of life. You were dead, and now you have new life. You, I mean, you're just fired up. You want to spend time with them. You want to read. You want to pray. You want to share. You don't even know what you're talking about. But you just want everyone to know that Jesus is real. Right? And you've been changed up. Right? I, I've shared this example many times, probably in here, two or three times. I'm going to share it again. I have a friend named Skylar Womack. We went to school together. Right? And we were freshmen in college, and he was not a believer. He was a um, football team. Uh, we lived, like, a couple of rooms down from the dorm, and every day, he's like, hey, bro, you trying to go smoke? Hey, man, you want to go party? I'm like, no, I'm good, dude. Like, I'm praying for you, man. I just thought, man, Skylar is crazy. We didn't have fraternities, but he's a frat boy. Right, as who he was. And then all of a sudden, one day, the entire campus knew that party animal Skyler got saved. It was a rumor. Skyler got saved. Skyler's a Christian. I was like, yeah, right. That dude had no way. No way that he accepted Christ. But you knew 
Because the day that that rumor started was the day that he was going around all of campus going, you need Jesus, you need Jesus. Jesus is so good. And, and just think of a football player, right? Not just any football player, but like a high-energy college football frat boy player. Okay, is hyped up sharing the gospel. And I don't know whose idea it was, but the chaplain of our university, he was like, hey, we're going to bring Skylar to speak at chapel. So every Monday and Wednesday, we have chapel with all of the university, thousands of students, okay? And here comes Skylar, been saved maybe two days, right? And, and our chaplain says, Skylar, I want you to go share what God is doing in your life. That boy gets on stage, never been on stage a day in his life, never held a microphone, been saved for 48 hours, right? From party animal to just got saved. They handed that boy a mic. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. Right? Anyone ever taken pre-workout? Okay, he was on. I mean, he just drank that stuff. He was on pre-workout coffee and the Holy Spirit working. He started proclaiming Jesus. Could barely breathe, having an asthma attack. You, me, Jesus. He's so awesome. I love him so much. He changed my life. And then everyone was like in tears because we saw a man get changed up by Jesus Christ. If anyone in here has ever been changed up by Christ, you know what it feels like. It changes you. It changes you. And that's easy when you're changed up, when you get connected to the power source. Think of a dead car getting charged up when it revs on. Woo, you're ready to go. It's easy when you first get started to share your faith. But over time, something happens that happens to every believer. And if you're in this season, just know I've been there. But eventually, it kind of wears off a little bit. To be honest, eventually it kind of, kind of wears off. Life doesn't. Jesus never fails. He never changes. There's no shadow or variation to God because he never changes. Amen. We are the faulty ones. Amen? Yeah. But eventually we begin to, to die down and, and that begins to wear off just a little bit. And what happens is we get disconnected. Why do we get disconnected? Because we are in an ADD distracted culture. There is distraction after distraction after distraction all around us. I mean, even to the point where we don't have kids, but y'all's kids are a distraction to you. Your kids, you are so bound up in everything around you, you're completely distracted. We are in a distracted, ADD type of culture. We're going to this, doing that, doing this, doing that, doing this, got Netflix and bubble. I mean, you're just, it's just distraction and distraction. Your phone is the worst part of it. Not only are we a distracted culture, we have uh, the biggest idolatry issue our country's ever seen. There's idols on idols in our lives where we worship our work and our money before we worship God. Where our family, unfortunately, God is before our family, amen? But unfortunately, our family becomes more important sometimes. I have to constantly catch myself with my wife because I never want to lead her as she's number one in my life. She's obviously number one over everyone else, but Jesus is number one. And if I don't connect to Jesus first, I can't lead my wife. So I can't let her become an idol. There's idols on idols and distractions and distractions. And not only that, but next week we're talking about how we can even get connected to the wrong power source. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. There, there's sometimes where we get connected to things that we think is going to give us life, give us strength, give us purpose, but they never will. So come next week, we're going we're gonna to jump into that. You don't want to miss that one. We're distracted. We got idols. And sometimes we get connected to the wrong source. 
and we begin to kind of die, and we begin to kind of to kind of wonder why our lives are going this way. You know how easy it is, can we be honest? It's a good thing, right? We're messy people serving a good God, right? Amen. This is how easy this is. We get distracted, we get some idols in our lives, we get some sin that we won't handle, and all of a sudden we miss one day of praying and reading our Bible. Uh-oh. Right? Oh, I'll pray, I'll get in here tomorrow, God, I'm tired tonight. And then we miss another day, and, and one or two days turn into a whole week, and then we, we miss Sunday school once, but, you know, we're, we're going to jump back in next week, and then Sunday school turns into, man, I, I miss Sunday service this one time, I'm tired, it's, su- it's summertime, so we miss Sunday service, and then we're missing being in fellowship with one another, and then soon you don't know where your Bible is, like, oh, come on, right? I know I'm not alone here, I've been here. The one day turns into months, and, and, and the whole time you haven't been plugged into Christ, you haven't been connected to your church family, you haven't been um, getting power from the Spirit through prayer and through the Scripture, and the whole time you're fighting sin in your own strength? I mean, how, how prideful do we think we are? I mean, how, we think we're God or something, that we can fight sin in our own strength. You can't fight sin in your own strength. And we try to do life in our own wisdom. We're not that smart. Right? We're trying to figure this thing out, but all the while we're disconnected from Christ, the sustainer of the universe, the true vine. And we wonder, man, why don't I feel passionate for the Lord anymore? God, why do I feel like you're not there anymore? It's because we're disconnected. And I know, let me comfort some of you feel like that right now. Some of you feel like you, you don't have the power to go on. Some of you feel like your back's against the wall. You don't know what to do next. So, so what, it, what do we do? How can we become a powerful follower of Christ? How can we uh, be a Christian who makes a difference? How can we go through life producing good fruit? Jesus said, abide in me. Remain in me. Connect to me. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Not something, not every now and then a good thing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus said, remain in me. We have a promise. Say a promise. By the promise keeper. Say promise keeper. That if we abide in him, connect to him, he will abide in us. And he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Nowhere we can go where God won't be with us. We talked about that last week. It's in Jesus' name, Emmanuel, God with us. We have to connect to Jesus. If you feel worn out, connect to Jesus. If you feel like you can't make it, connect to Jesus. If you miss how passionate you were for Christ, connect to Jesus. You want to be a powerful Christian who produces fruit, proven of the Savior that you follow, connect to Christ. Yeah. Apart from Jesus, you do nothing. So real quick, we'll wrap it up like this, okay? Um, how do we connect to Christ? How do we abide in Jesus? This has to be an everyday thing. Say everyday thing. This can't be a Sunday thing, a Wednesday thing, and once in a wild thing, or when the holidays roll around type of thing. This has to be an everyday thing, meaning you have to be intentional. Say intentional. Intentional about connecting to Christ, because no one else is going to connect you to Christ. 
No one can plug you in themselves and say, man, here, you're, you're struggling, here you go. For a long time, I thought that was my job as a minister of the gospel of Christ. My job is not to try to force you into the blood. Right. Uh, my, so, my job is to show you, here's the life source. Connect. That's my job. You have to intentionally connect to Jesus Christ himself. How do we do that? I'm going to give you three simple ways. If you're taking notes, three simple ways that you can learn to connect to Christ. And if you start doing these three simple things, it has the potential to change your entire life. Not just your life, but your family's life, your marriage, and the future of your life. It can change everything. Ready for the three things? Say amen. amen. First one that we talked about here. If you want to connect to Christ daily, you have to become intentional about making God first. Notice I keep saying the word intentional. It's your choice to make God first in your life. Become intentional about making God first. When you're intentional about that, when, you're, when you make decisions to make God first in your life, and you choose to connect to Him daily, it influences every aspect of your life. From your work, to your friendships, your family, your marriage. And, and so, how do you do that? How do you intentionally put God first? Uh, there's a rule that has come, uh, I'm pretty sure, from Charles Spurgeon, right? I, I don't know where it actually came from, but it's called the rule of life. And the rule of life is, is simply, as you go, make decisions to pause and intentionally sit in Jesus' presence. As you're going, the rule of life is as you're going. Notice we're not adding anything in there. As you're going, as you're going to work, as you're going to Walmart, as you're sitting at home, as you're going to family reunion, on vacation, to the store. As you go, the rule of life connecting to God is pausing intentionally to spend time with Christ. I mean, it's driving in your car. One of my favorite things um, that I do, and I've been practicing this for many years, is I've deliberately decided that uh, as I'm driving places, I will listen to worship music, Christian music at some point, so that um, the reason being, I want to spend time worshiping Christ. Right? And there's no better way than me just wasting time. I go to Jefferson City every day. I, I mean, that's a good 15 solid minutes that I get to worship Christ. Right? And so, uh, matter of fact, yesterday I got to mow for two and a half hours over here. Okay? It was wet. Shouldn't have waited. Right? It's all, all cluttered. Now it's all ugly looking. I apologize. Right? But for two and a half hours, I played nothing but Christian rap music, and I worshiped Christ. I was so fired up by the time I got off of the mower, I came in and almost changed my sermon. Alright? I just wrote another one. Okay? That's the spirit was just moving in me because I intentionally said for these next two and a half hours, I can just sit here and mow, or I can intentionally spend time with Jesus Christ. And that's what my choice. As you go, the rule of life, find times to pause and spend time with King Jesus. It could be when you're making coffee in the morning. When you're sipping your coffee. Jesus said, man, I just want to spend some time with you. Jesus, let me calm my mind down. My mind's racing. I'm trying to sip my coffee. And God, just, just let me feel you. And it could be on your way to work, listening to, to, to music or sermons or podcasts. It, it can be, here's a really important one for, for most of you, when you're coming home from work, before you get out of your car, stop and say, God, before I walk in home, let's just spend some time together, God. Here's my day. I want to go in fresh so I can love on my family. Your intention, rule of life, to intentionally find ways to pause and spend time with Christ. How do you connect to God? Intentionally put Him first. Make time for Him. Second way, to abide in Christ, to be connected.
connected to Christ is being intentional. Say intentional. I want y'all to get that word in your head today, right? I want you walking out of here saying intentional, intentional. She has dreams about the word intentional, right? You have to intentionally do this. Become intentional about your spiritual discipline. There's many spiritual disciplines. I'm going to give you two quick ones. Okay, can I give you two quick ones? If you, if you practice two of these quick spiritual disciplines, it has the potential over time. Small disciplines over time create big results. I, I'm a very goal-oriented person. Y'all know this about me. But you have to, in order to fulfill a goal, you have to be disciplined. And so small little disciplines over time create big results. If you don't believe me, uh, I'll give it to you as an example. If you eat two or three donuts a day um, over time, uh, right up front, it's not really a big deal. You're seeing a couple donuts, right? But if you eat donuts every single day over 10, 15, 20 years' time, at that point, you're going to realize that's a big deal. Right, because now you're a big deal. Right, you eat donuts. If you begin to work out a little bit every single day up front, you're not going to see any changes. But over time, you you feel better. And so, small spiritual disciplines that you start practicing now. And I'm talking five minutes a day. Start out five. That's all. Five minutes a day. It'll stack up over time and will change the foundation of your life. Two small spiritual, there's many of them. I'm going to give you two. The first one, you probably already guessed it, is read your Bible. Read your Bible. Intentionally read your Bible. Verse 7, one more time, says this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. By this, this is how my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you. If you want joy in your life, if you want happiness in your life, if you want to fulfill your purpose, Jesus says, abide in my word, and joy will be in you and will be full. Guys, spiritually disciplined in reading the scriptures. When you read scriptures, the more that you spend time in this Bible, this love letter, the more you get to know the God who created you, who died for you, who forgives you of your sins, who has a purpose for you, who loves you beyond measure. And the more you get to know him, the more you want to be like him, the more you want to live for him. Be connected to his word. It's so simple. It's so simple. There's a Bible app. Right? For about six months, I wanted to text about half a year. DBC members, we came together, got the Bible app, and we've done devotions. I just wanted to do six months so that you guys can kind of get the discipline going. It's changed Jolene's life. She's talking about it every week. I'd see her. Every time I see her, she talks about something in the Bible that she's read. And that's been a small little discipline stacked up over the past year and a half of her life. And now, man, it's just flowing through her. Small discipline. It's five minutes a day. I'll help you set that Bible up on your phone. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll give you any resource that you need. Five minutes a day. Just, it'll change your life. The second small discipline. You ready? Say, I'm ready. ready. I don't believe you. Say, I'm really ready. He's ready. ready. You're, you're probably guessing. <clears throat> Prayer. Spend time praying. Being connected. The easiest way to connect with someone is verbally communicating to them. You verbally communicate. And we have something that separates us from the rest of the world. That's the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of the believer. And we get to communicate through prayer, through the power of the Holy Spirit to God. And he, check this out, he hears us. This is how big God is. Now, this blows my mind. I don't know if anyone else, this blows your mind. All of us at one time can pray out loud. Woo. 
a different prayer request, a different concern, and God hears every single one of us. I can't do that. Right? Some of y'all got selective hearing. Right? Some of y'all don't even hear me right now. God hears our prayers. The only way really to truly communicate to someone or connect someone is by communication. Easy. Five minutes a day. This is what your prayer can look like. You wake up, 40 hours a day, God, thank you for allowing me to sleep. I'm about to start my day. God, help me be the man and the woman that you created me to be. I want to live for you. I don't want to screw this day up that you're giving me. Help me. Amen. And then you get to your car, God, God, I, I'm driving, I, I've seen my neighbor, man, he looks like he's struggling, God, be with my neighbor, amen. Amen. You get to work, God, I'm about to go off on someone. God, I'm about to lose my mind right now, God. If you don't help me right now, God, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to flip out on someone. I don't want to do that because I want to live for you. God, help me right now, amen. When you get home, God, thank you for my day. It was horrible. <laughs> God, thank you. God, help me be grateful for the blessings that I didn't even see today. Amen. Simple disciplines built up over time create a lasting foundation in your life. Third way that we can connect, be intentional about fighting sin and bearing fruit. Today's problem with Christianity is we're just giving up the sin. There, there, there's no fight. There's no dog in the Christian today. God wants some dogs as Christian that fight our sin and say, I'm choosing righteousness over my sin. I'm not choosing to give in to what tempts me anymore. I will be a Christian who doesn't give in, but who fights and bears fruit. I want my life to show that I'm connected to Jesus Christ. We need some scrappy dog Christians again. I don't know if y'all are ready for that, huh? I want to I'm going to change the name of the church to Dog Pound. Dog Pound. I want a bunch of scrappy dog Christians ready to fight sin in this community and bear fruit that shows that we are connected to the true source of life. You want to connect to Christ? Very simple. Pastor said one time, how necessary is it to our happiness? That we are fruitful. That the best argument to engage us to connect to Christ is that otherwise we cannot bear fruit. Abiding in Christ is necessary in order for our doing. He that is constant in connecting to Christ and loving Him and fighting sin, He is the one who bears fruit as the Father's pleases. Connect to Christ. When we live our life obedient to Jesus and his word, it impacts everything. I got some more. I'm going to cut it short. Apart from Christ, we can't do anything. Even your in your reading the word, even in your praying, even when in our worship at church or at home, even in all of that, if it's not through Christ, we're not doing it right. The whole formula is being connected to Jesus Christ. And here's the deal. The more a believer connects with Jesus on a daily basis, the more powerful that believer lives and the more fruit they will produce. So here, the gospel is that, isn't it? Amen? 
that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. The biggest thing that you can do without Christ is you can't pay the price for your sin. Sin has created a gap between you and God, and God hates that gap and loves you. And the only way to bridge that gap is there had to be a sacrifice. Not just any sacrifice, but a perfect sacrifice. And that perfect sacrifice was Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life, never sinned once, was tempted in every way that we were tempted, but never gave in. One time, the Bible says that even while we were sinners, he went to the cross for us and died bridging that gap so that we would connect to him. How do you connect to Jesus for salvation? The Bible says you have to repent and believe in him. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Your first desperate need of connection is salvation. If you've never given your life to Christ, you're dead in your sin. Not dying, you're dead already, the Bible says. We serve a loving, faithful God who is loving and is faithful to forgive us of our sins if we repent. So I'm going to have Camille come up. And, and here's, here's what I want to talk about. Just here, we're going to end with this, okay? Right now, um, Maybe you are in a season where you're just on fire for the Lord. Man, I just want to, I just want to fan that spirit flame in you, right? I just want to, I just want to keep you going. Praise God. I, 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 I literally worship and praise God because of you. You fired me up. But some of you, I know I've talked to you, and, and you feel like you're not really a producing branch, but maybe some of you feel like a withered up dry one. Right? Maybe you feel like, you know, like you, like you um, haven't really been connecting to Jesus daily, and that's starting to wear on you. If you're exhausted, if you're tired, you feel like you can't go on, you're just kind of giving in to sin, you don't know what to do next. That, that's, that small discipline of not connecting to Christ catching up with you. But if you want to be a Christian who's, who lives a powerful life, who connects daily to Christ and His power and His strength, if that's you, I just want to spend some time praying. So you all close your eyes and bow your head for me. If that's you, if you want to be the type of Christian who lives a powerful life, who daily spends time with Christ, who's reading and praying and sharing and worshiping and spreading the good news, but man, it's hard. You're distracted. You're busy. But man, you desperately want to live the life that Jesus created you to be. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. I'm going to give you a weird, just raise your hand for me so I can just pray over you. If that's you this morning, Keep hands up there, but I just want to pray for you. Keep your hands up. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for those who are raising their hands. God, they love you. They know that you're real, Father. But God, they want to live as an effective Christian. They don't want to be an effective. They don't want to be a branch withered up. They want to be connected to the true source, the true life, and that's you, Jesus. So, Father, I pray that you give them the courage and the confidence to step up and do the things they need to do in order to be connected to you daily, God. That they would start small disciplines, God, and that you would bless them. That you would empower them. Holy Spirit, that you would work so boldly in their lives. That they would bear your fruit. You put your hands down. Y'all again. What we're about to do is we're going to participate in the Lord's Supper. You keep playing. You keep playing. We're going to do the Lord's Supper, but the Bible's very clear. Paul says this in, in, Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians that before you partake in the Lord's Supper, there has to be a self-examination. You have to kind of look inside, and that's scary. Amen? God knows what's going on in me. I, I don't really like to know really what's going on inside of me sometimes. But Paul says it's self-examination. So if you are a Christian here today, before we partake in the Lord's Supper, 
Right? It's nothing weird. We, we, we do this in remembrance of Jesus, how he died. His body was broken for us, how his blood was shed for us. It's nothing weird. We celebrate the Lord's Supper. But if you are a Christian, for the next several minutes, we're just going to, we're not going to sing, we're just going to play. I want you to do a self-examination. Is there some type of sin that you need to repent from that you haven't? Is there something stopping you from daily connecting to Christ? Is there a distraction in your life that you need to remove? Is there an idol in your life that you need to take off of the altar and put God back in its place? What is it that's stopping you from connecting to the true God every day? Self-examination. And then come lay it at the altar. Come and just pray, God, here's what it is, and I'm done with it. I, I want to connect to you daily. Before we do this, before we partake of the Lord's Supper, that's what we're called to do. If you're not a Christian, this just really doesn't mean much for you. Just crackers and some juice. But if you're not a Christian, maybe today you realize that man, you're separated from God by your sin. That you're not dying, but you're dead in your sins. Today can be the day where you accept Christ and connect to Him for the first time. And I promise you, we're going to testimony after testimony of men and women in here who will tell you, man, that's the best connection you will ever make. So what's going to happen is we're just going to have them play, spend some time praying, self-examination. I'm going to be right over here to the side. If you need to make a decision, just come and I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll lead you in that. But soon I'll call the deacons up and we'll, we'll go through with the Lord's Supper. But right now I just want you to bow your head, close your eyes, and spend some time just reflecting.